The following podcast by Tom Mabe contains hilarious content. You should not drive or operate heavy machinery while listening. It up. Uh, we have a great podcast for you today. Actually, we have a guest coming in here in a little bit and uh, excited about that. Uh, but first, I want to play a prank. This is a prank call. This goes back at least five or six years ago. Uh, it's called Applying for a Telemarketing Job. You know, and people ask me, they go, hey man, what makes a good prank call? Well, a good prank call is where you make the person feel as uncomfortable as possible. The goal is to get that person up against the ropes where he or she, you know, they just start swinging. They don't know how to get out of it. They want to hang up, but they know they can't hang up on you because they're rude, blah, blah, blah. And uh, once you achieve that, then you know you have a good call. So this call was uh, done a few years ago. There was an ad in the paper, a company looking for telemarketers. So I took it upon myself to apply uh, for the telemarketing job, but I had just a god awful history. Uh, I think I had just gotten out of prison, and uh, but anyway, without further ado, let's take a look at uh, this. Take a listen to this call right here. It's called Tom Mabe applying for a telemarketing job. Communications. Yeah, I'm interested in uh, applying for a telemarketing job. Okay, terrific. Now, we currently only have evening positions available. Is that something that you might be interested in? Yeah, that, that'd, be, that'd be great. Okay, now do you have any experience in telemarketing, sir? Well, to be honest, I'm, I'm just being reintroduced to society. I've uh, spent the last seven years in, in prison, and uh, my caseworker is working on a couple leads for me, but they say, hey, take it amongst yourself to, you know, try to make some contacts on your own, and, uh, you know, not to be too optimistic, you know, can't just start out flipping burgers. I mean, I got to start, you know, at the bottom. I thought, you know, hey, what what better place, you know, than telemarketing because you really don't need any education or anything to do it. So, the, so uh, yeah. Okay. Sir, if you don't mind me asking, what were you in prison for? Look, I didn't call the, you to be interrogated. The point is I am no longer in prison. I mean, I... I was, I was, first of all, I was wrong, wrongfully accused. I didn't do it. And, you know, what I, what I would do, I'd steal credit cards and buy stuff, higher-end stuff, and then sell them at a flea market. But, I mean, that's neither here nor there. I mean, I'm out, and I'm just, I'm ready to be back in the workforce, and that just kind of hurts my feeling, you asking me, you know, why, you know, about my prison history and stuff. Well, I'm sorry about that. I didn't, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I was just trying to get some information here. I'm going to let you talk to my manager, uh, Steve. Mm-hmm. Now, we're... Uh, where does he live? Well, he works here. I can let you talk to him, but, um, you know, 
I, he might be busy right now, but maybe if you call back at a different time. Just to let you know, I mean, anything I, I do needs to be cleared by my parole officer, Mike Dungan. And uh, so, I mean, it, that would have to be, you know, anything I do would have to be cleared by him. Okay, well, you know what, if, if we bring you in for uh, an interview, uh, Steve and I might want to talk with your uh, parole officer. Again, I'll let my manager, Steve, handle that at that time. But uh, let me just take down your name and your oh, well, that, we'll have your information. Okay, so. wait, j just a question. You know, I've, I've been locked up for a long time, and I've, I've kind of got this ankle bracelet on, and I, I can't go anywhere besides, you know, home or work. And I was I just, I was just curious. You have any like any like them some nudie bars, you know that you like can walk in distance, you know to the to the, your your building there. Yeah, I, I I personally wouldn't know anything about that. I uh, I wouldn't know anything about that. You know what I'm going to ask you to do, sir, is if you want to call back a little bit later mm -hmm. and ask for uh, Steve. Like I said, he's right, hey, that, that, yeah. and he'd be the guy I'm, to talk to. I'm you. sorry, I know, I, I know you guys are busy. I mean, just I got a. Do y'all like have any management positions open? Because I, mean, I got a lot of experience doing that. You know, I'm a pretty big guy, and I, yeah, you know, I can. Uh, I'm gonna keep people in line too. You know, I'm not real sure about that actually. But, um, I, I don't officially do with a hiring myself, so I'm not real sure about that. Okay. But have well, your parole officer call, and we'll go from there. Okay, okay? that's good. But when he calls, just do me a big favor if he don't say anything about me asking about the nudie bars, because uh, I mean, I've just been in prison for seven years. You know, I mean, I. I uh, I know you're not interested in that, but I mean, it's been a long time, and uh, I kind of want to get out there and mingle a little bit, you know, geez, I mean, dang, oh, I mean, it's just, you know, I haven't had sex, well, I mean, okay, I can't, then. I have All right, well, thank you, sir. I'll just have your pro officer call, okay, thanks. Communications. Uh, yes, uh, this is, my name is Mike Dungan, I'm a parole officer for, uh, Tom Mabe, and, uh, he, uh, said he spoke with you guys earlier and thought maybe a good thing that I called. I just want to say that he's, uh, an upstanding citizen, and he's, he's paid his debt to society, and he's a hard worker, and, uh, just, I think he'd be a great addition to your telemarketing family there. Who is this? This is Mike, I'm a parole officer. You guys spoke with one of my, uh, one of my case victims earlier, uh, Tom maybe to tell him was applying for a telemarketing job. He was the guy that was in prison for seven years, asking yeah. about the new e-bars, perhaps. Yes, yes, I talked to him. Okay, well, you know what? If we're interested, we'll give him a call. Okay. It's just so you know, it's okay from time to time if Tom wants to have a beer or so on his lunch break. And it's, uh, it's so we get a lot of applications mm -hmm. uh, per day, so there's no guarantee that there is a, a, a specific a position right. open. So right, well, if he wants to go to a nudie bar, like I said, he said you guys are look, considering over some management position. That'd be Sir, great. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know who you are or what you're trying to do, but we'll call you if we're interested. Okay, appreciate the time. And again, uh, he's looking forward to starting there at your at your establishment. Well, we haven't even had you. You have not even had an interview here. Well, that's why I'm calling. I'm just calling. You. He's a he's a fine fine upstanding citizen, and I think he make a great addition to your telemarketing family. Okay. Well, note taken. I'll write that down. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. -bye. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard that call in so long, uh, but you see how I got her up against the ropes, and uh, you know she was swinging. She was uncomfortable. Uh, you know. I, I just haven't had sex in so long. Oh, okay, sir. Okay, sir. And and then the other the other trick, to a good prank, is taking it one beat deeper. We call it going five deep. A lot of pranks, a lot of calls, they have one beat. A beat is like one funny. 
but we try to take an idea or a concept and you know five different directions and uh, and I have a, like a bullet list on a notepad and when I call people I was like okay let's take them this way let's take them that you know let's say I want to be a manager you know I just can't start out you know flipping burgers I got to work my way up you know and what better place to start at at the bottom telemarketer you know uh, but anywho uh, yeah I, I love that call that's just a uh, well I haven't heard that in years. So uh, switching switching gears, um, you know, we lost uh, a great comedian, Ron Schock, to cancer. And we also lost um, John Fox to cancer. Both stand-up comedians, both touring the clubs, both living lifestyles like I live. Uh, I kind of got out of clubs, and I'm, uh, I always had an issue with drinking. And not that Ron or John, well, John obviously had an issue with drinking, and you know, it's, when you're in that kind of environment, it's hard not to drink. It's hard not to do all that stuff, and that's why I got out of it. And right now, I'm 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 on my twentieth uh, attempt at sobriety. And you know, I drink beer. I drink too much beer, but I haven't in a while now, and I feel great. Uh, but Ron Chalk uh, and John Fox. But I was just on Ron Fox's uh, website last night, and I. Uh, Ron Shocks. I, I I I really encourage you to go to ronshock.com, ronshock.com, and uh, and check out his stuff. I'm I'm going to play a piece from him. You know, I got to open up for Ron many a times, and when I was coming up, Ron is you know is a Vegas guy, a Los Angeles guy, and wow, did so many great and huge things. But when he came through Kentucky, I I would get you know back in the day, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to open for him, and he had this bit about. Uh, you're going to die anyway, and I would I like to play that bit right now. This is uh, dedicated to uh, Ron Shock, and uh, while you're listening, check out RonShock.com. He has a cancer fund uh, for his helping his wife out. And look, if you got kids in the car, turn it off now. A lot of strong language. I smoke. I light a cigarette. You know, I understand non-smokers. You know that. There's just so many. I live out in California, and they, they just, you know, I want to tell you what, some of the non-smokers are just getting a little goddamn militant for my ass. It's just, man, I was at Los Angeles International Airport, and I was outside. I was outside. I was outside. I was out fucking side, okay? Are we real clear on where I was? Because where I was is a real important part of the story I'm about ready to relate unto you. And where I goddamn was, was outside. In the clear, wonderful, pristine L.A. air. Getting ready to do my little bit for air pollution. This woman went out of her way. Out of her way. I am not in her way. No sure-y I am over in the smoker's corner, huddled up like some heroin addict, okay? Doing aqualung. Greasy fingers smearing shabby clothes. She marches up to me with that little self-righteous, stiff-necked walk. You know that walk like somebody stuck a rod right straight up her ass? You know, it's all the way up to date. know that one. She gets right in my face and goes, smoking is bad for you. I said, is that right? 
So is button in someone else's business, lady. That's bad for you, too. Matter of fact, recent surveys have shown that butting in someone else's business is 17 times more fatal than smoking is. And a lot goddamn quicker, I might add. Smoking tech decades to kill you. Now, button in someone else's business, take your ass out today. That old sudden death syndrome. Died of a bad case of nine millimeter. A lot of that going around. You know. She said, well, smoking's going to take years off your life. Going to take years off your life. <laughs> you know, I do not believe that. I think you die when you're going to die, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. And I came to that conclusion by watching much better men than me die. And I'm still here. <laughs> now, go fucking figure. How else you going to read those tea leaves right there? But if I'm wrong and the cigarettes take years off my life or drinking takes years off your life or eating red meat takes years off your life, guess what? Oh, you Puritans amongst us, they take them off the back end, okay? I ain't lost a year one up to now. What years are they going to get? They didn't get year 29. Oh, God damn, that was a good year. I did some serious that year. <laughs> you know, no, you know what years we risk with our vices? You know what bet you call, because that's what you're doing, you're making a bet. But what you're putting up is the last 10 years of your life, that last wonderful golden decade, if we go all the way, okay, between 88 and 98, uh, the Kevorkian years. <laughs> You're laying there in the nursing home, not knowing who you are, not recognizing your family or your kids, your friends, drooling and shitting on yourself, pissing out a tube into a bottle laying there beside you. That 10 years? Fuck it. I'm going to miss them. <laughs> you know, people, are they, you know, they want to hold on to life because they don't really believe there is a life after this one. That's why they're so intent on it, you know. But I got, I got good news and bad news for you. The, the bad news is you're going to fucking die, okay? <laughs> we don't get out of here alive. The, the good news is your soul does it. These people that don't smoke and they don't drink and they never did drugs and they don't eat this and they don't eat that and they do do this and they don't do that, whatever that happens to be, right? They're sure going to be pissed when they're laying there in that hospital bed dying of fucking nothing one of these days. <laughs> Surprise! You died anyway. Bummer. 
Why all those fucking hills you ran up? All that tofu you fucking ate? <laughs> and you died anyway. <laughs> You're gonna die anyway. Lighten up. Have a drink. Do something, you know? Get stoned. Do something. Fuck a stranger. Do. Well, there you go. Uh, dedication to Ron Do Chop. something. Uh, Eat a twink. You're going to die anyway. You will be missed. And, you, know, I, you know, I almost I was listening to that, and I think that was recorded in Louisville at the Comedy Caravan because I, I heard myself in the background going, Woo! And uh, when he was doing the impersonation of the lady walking with a pole stuck up her rear end. So. Uh, I may be wrong, but there you go, uh, ronshock.com. So, all right, I told you guys we were going to have a guest, and uh, we're going to have a guest, but first, to segue into the guest, uh, we're going to play this call. It's called NASCAR and 90s, NASCAR and 90s, and I know nothing about NASCAR, but we have someone here, but here you go, check out this call real quick. Hello. Hello, Mr. May, this is Chris Durf. Seattle Long Distance Service, how are you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. We're calling people in your area to offer special low rates tonight. Uh, who, who's this? This is Chris Stewart from CS. Chris, man, this is this is weird. I host a radio show. Uh, oh, yeah? Horn Dog in the Morning, and you, you probably heard of me. But uh, anyway, uh, I've been given the go-ahead by my general manager to hire a female sidekick. And man, your voice would be perfect for my show, Chrissy. I'm telling you, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be, uh, I think it'd be a great uh, addition to my show. And what a great concept. You know, like, I, I, how did you find Chrissy? I found her, you know, she was a, tele, a telemarketer. Well, I think that'd be a great angle to well, go no, with. No, you got, you, you're misunderstanding here. I'm, I'm calling from the to offer you low special rates, and this is not Chrissy, this is Chris. Well, well I won't, I'm, I'm sorry. Man, I, won't, I, won't, I, won't, I won't call you, Bob. We won't call you Chrissy or Christine or Chris. That's, that's all right. But I'm just saying, you know, be like NASCAR in 90s. You know, I talk about the manly things. You can talk about the feminine things. No, 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 no. This ain't right. I, I'm a man. I'm not no woman. You got a lovely voice. Well, I don't appreciate that at all. I've been auditioning well, females for the past two weeks to be a part of my show, and you sound better than any of them. Well, you can you can audition all you want, but I ain't no damn woman. I'm a man. I ain't gonna talk to so you. Would, crazy? You, you wouldn't be interested in this? No, sir. I wouldn't be interested in this at all. So there you go, NASCAR and '90s. Uh, you know, I. I have a guilty pleasure now. For the past couple years, my son has become a NASCAR nut. He loves NASCAR. I know nothing about it, but he he does. And uh, right now, I've been watching a lot of this uh, Kurt Busch stuff. Uh, I don't know if anyone out there, Kurt Busch is just this driver. He has the god-awful attitude. And uh, to bring some light to this, my son, Josh Mabe. Josh, how are you? Doing fine. I, I, we have still not got official word on who will be driving Kurt's car this week. But... So he's, he's suspended, right? Yes, he is suspended for this week. He will not be racing at the Tricky Triangle. Wow. wow. Now, what, what did he do to get suspended? Um, pretty much earlier in the year, um, he, he, had, he did a burnout in his rival, Ryan Newman's pit bots. Well, so hold on. You're telling me that he spun his tires yeah. in Ryan, Ryan who? Newman's pit boss, and then had an altercation with his crew chief, Tony Gibson. So NASCAR placed him on the probation. So he's on probation. And then he, then on the nationwide race, he he had an incident with Justin Allgaier and then cur- cursed out um, 
Bob Pockress with a radio reporter. So the radio reporter, I saw this in the news. He said, "You be that you're a probation. Does that prohibit you from doing blah blah blah?" He said, "Prohibits me from knocking the crap out of you or beating you up." So I mean, is this guy is he ever going to get any kind of sponsorship? I don't know because he's been warned multiple times. So that's why they pulled it to be um, suspended. And I don't even think James Finch is going to be around with Kurt much longer. And James Finch, who's that? The owner of Phoenix Racing, the, oh, who it, Kurt drives for in Cup. Oh, so James Finch, he's the guy that's paying for Kurt to run. Kurt. Yeah, and he's also the, he also owns the business that's on the hood of Kurt's car, the Wheats. He doesn't have sponsorship. What's that business? Phoenix Construction. So there's a guy who owns a construction company who... who also owns a NASCAR team. Owns, owns a NASCAR team. So, wow. So, there you have it. If, you, if you've been watching, uh, where, where can people find out? About, uh, where can they go to to see some of this video of Kurt Busch acting up? Um, YouTube and every Tuesday and Thursdays on NASCAR Race Hub, Jimmy Spencer um, talks about races and rivalries, and he has a segment called Kurt Busch Radio Sweetheart. <laughs> um, it's one our colleague Jimmy Spencer always does that. He's I don't probably because he had an, when he was a driver he had an incident with Kurt himself. Right, right. Now, now for those who don't know, Josh has uh, gotten go backstage and met Jimmy Johnson, Chad Canals. He's we've done so much with NASCAR. I've been able with my contacts get Josh into a lot of these races and to. Uh, who, where, who do we think that, that uh, Lauren Rainier, where, where did he work? Where was that at? Um, Earnhardt Canassi? Yeah, he, and, and about Lauren Rainier, his father is actually a racing legend, Harry Rainier. Gotcha, yeah, who, I know that. Who owns, who was uh, one of the early car owners. Okay, well. future well, Hall of Famer. That is great. Well, we'll talk about that in the next show. So there you have it. Josh Mabe giving us a quick rundown on this uh, this idiot, Kurt Busch, and uh uh, do yourself a favor. Go go check out some of those videos uh, of Kurt. I, I can't believe it. the guy. You know he's an incredible driver, no doubt, and that's why two thousand four champion. Two thousand four champion. That's why he's still around. But people are like, you know what? We just can't deal with you. It's just you're you're a complete idiot, and uh, we're we're not going to deal with it. So all right, guys, do me a favor. Please subscribe to the podcast prank it up and also do me a favor go to my youtube channel just put up another video my youtube channel is a uh, mabe in america youtube channel is mabe in america one word and check out some new videos all right love you we'll talk to you next time thanks thanks josh